Welcome to the Marshall Proof Podcast and your week in sports cars, Flappy Gums episode. What does that mean, Graham Goodwin? It means you and I, songs, yes. listener questions, we'll talk yes. about stuff and recap a little bit of racing that we just enjoyed last weekend. TireRack.com, Battle on the Bricks, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, my fourth visit to the Brickyard this year. Uh, your first ever. first ever. Yeah, yeah, let me say very quickly, as always, thanks to the amazingly kind and passionate folks on the ground. Bought tickets, come to enjoy not only IMSA's return to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but for many of those in attendance, their first interaction with IMSA. And also for very many, maybe some who've into other IMSA rounds, their first time seeing IMSA at the Brickyard. And Graham, as you saw, I'm sure, although I never actually saw you in the paddock, uh, I'm sure you ran into many folks who just love talking about what they saw in front of them and the, the amazing access that IMSA provides to its ticket-buying audience. Let's also say a big thank you as well to those who kindly continue to support our show that being torontomotorsports.com, who were there with a presence in the vendor row, had Robert Wickens there signing some autographs, giving away some FAF Motorsports foam, dense foam replica bricks of the brickyard, uh, and all kinds of fun stuff there. Our amazing partners at Cooper Tires, Graham. And then also, and finally, just happened to see our, our guy, the... Mr. Justice, Ed Justice himself, his daughter, Courtney Justice, the two of them who look after us, the Justice Brothers, makers of amazing automotive chemicals and lubricants. So I think that's the general roundup of the thank yous and hellos and appreciations. Let me say this. You were there. They placed you with a seat right next to me or within about 10 feet of me, and I barely saw you. You even left a note Sunday at some point in time. I think I had to I'll go down on, on pit lane and film the end of day report. You left, you tore a little piece off of my notepad, which had a very Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator feel to it. I'll be back uh, yes. with your initial GG at the bottom. I never saw you. So we were there and we did speak somewhat briefly, but no joke. And I saw our guy, Oliver Gavin as well. Uh, but yeah, nice to have you here. Too bad I didn't see much of you. <laughs> yeah, we, we had all sorts of plans we wanted to do, including recording this, didn't we? But we'll, we'll come to the reasons why that didn't happen in a moment. What I want to say is this, uh, MP. It was my first trip to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What a special place. Mm. What a special and a special place for a particular reason, which I particularly enjoy. The people were amazing uh, uh, someone was asking me about this at the airport on the way home and uh the best i can give you is the my first experience with uh my good lady wife of a cruise on a cunard liner i'm genuinely serious about this i'm and so glad you said that, cunard because i thought you were going to say q which would be no, a really no. interesting cruise that that we got good grief yes it is a cruise. Oh, is it? Yeah, but um, everybody smiling, everybody helpful, everybody just, just, it makes it special. I've said this many times on uh, on the weekend sports cars. Uh, I love the racing, I love the cars, but it's the people of sports car racing that are just, just a, such an absolute pleasure. It's always a good welcome. 
uh, in the IMSA paddock, the IMSA media room. And this was no different. This was a trip that came up, you know, with a last minute opportunity. It gave me an opportunity to start thinking about um, the direction that we're taking with Daily Sports Car moving forward. We are looking to be back in that press room full time. And there were conversations about how we're going to try to make that happen. But beyond that, yeah, the real the opportunity as well to catch up with people that I don't tend to see, you know, between the early races at the start of the season and, you know, and the next season, simply because I've not really, with my travel schedule, been able to dedicate terribly much opportunity to come to IMSA races of late. Hopefully that's going to be something we can change. We're working at the moment on plans for Petit Le Mans and seeing whether or not that can be brought off. Mm. But it's... It is a special place. Um, it, 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 it's, of course, a comeback at Indy for the EMSA package. You're absolutely right. I took the opportunity because he was travelling to for long chats on the way uh, over um, with Ollie Gavin, who, of course, has shared the microphone with me at Le Mans and at the Asia Le Mans series. And, you know, we're working hard to see whether or not that can continue this year. And he was reminding me of the last time that he was there and that uh, the IMSA package was there in the first year of what was then the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. But what was telling for me was a lot of new faces in that paddock, not just in the cars, but also clearly fans that would not normally be at a sports car race. The, the a gentleman I bumped into at the airport uh, was there with his teenage son who had persuaded dad to come from New York to Indy for this purpose Dad knew nothing about uh, endurance racing. He was actually, uh, the, the conversation happened because he was chatting to a pair of race fans sitting next to him waiting to board our connecting flight and pulled out the race day guide, the one with the Andy uh, Blackmore uh, spotter guide and was explaining to them, you know, what they'd seen and how they'd seen it. And there's no doubt at all that the two things that blew this gentleman away were the spectacle of this multi-class racing but more than anything we keep saying it the access that he could get that he could go and ask what he said you know i was asking what must have been dumb questions and you know those questions were just answered with you know with smiles on faces and you know come and i'll show you and that's why we love it that's why we love it and i'm gonna move on to say one more thing before we get into other news here there was another reason it wasn't just me that was busy doing what I was doing, flapping gums around the uh, around the paddock. Boy, oh boy, were you busy this weekend, Marshall Pruitt. And what, <laughs> can I just say, what a positive contribution that's made. So I'm sure you can tell the listeners why you were there, but if you've not seen the material that Marshall is producing this weekend, go to the IMSA page on YouTube and uh, soak it in. Um, I had... Two or three people talked to me later in the race meeting uh, once some of that material was online to say what a big step forward that was for the product that IMSA was putting on YouTube. Um, you know, we'll I get to say, talk about what exactly that is. And that, let's be blunt, pal, that you're the ideal guy to do it. And I absolutely agree with that. There was not a moment that, that I, other than I was grabbing a coffee and sharing a, you know, a sandwich a couple of times in what was it four days in that press room every other moment you're out shooting material or editing and scripting that material and um i sincerely hope we see a lot more of it because i think that's exactly the kind of thing that's required 
Well, sweet of you to say, brother. Uh, I was indeed a small part of this, so I realize that my mug might have been the forward-looking face on this, but this is an initiative uh, conceived and requested by IMSA, uh, done by myself, my company, and CoForce, those who yep. might have seen a lot of the high-quality video content generated this year uh, on Racer, racer.com, both IndyCar and the events we've been at for IMSA. Uh, CoForce has been the team shooting, editing, and posting that content. So <clears throat> worked together directly with IMSA and CoForce in june at this uh circuit de la something or other le mans i think it's uh said as one word lowercase quite often um good old circuit de la sarth for the 24 hours of le mans with the garage 56 program so having done that at imsa's request and with imsa liking the results of that there was a request to not just continue doing that, but to develop something new. And so we are, say, trialing this. We know what this is. We know how to do it. But we're using the last two races of this season to test and tune. Hey, we yep. did this. How'd you like it? Well, what did you like more of? Well, what would you like less doesn't... of? Yep. Again, uh, so many uh, vital things learned during this past weekend. So... Yeah, I think we cranked out about a dozen uh, 12-ish videos between that went up between Friday and Sunday. Uh, we're currently working on, I believe, eight, Graham, that we filmed that were wow. evergreen with the intent of those running between the Battle on the Bricks and Motul Petit Le Mans uh, roughly a month from now, a little under a month from now, because part of the strategy is to make sure that once the checkered flag waves on the event, we don't go dark until the next. Yep. So we've Absolutely got, right. we were, so yes, indeed, we were super busy filming, uh, but a lot of what we were filming was not meant for the weekend specifically. So there'll be more coming out there. We'll be going super hard again at Petite and then coming up with an off-season strategy and then can't wait to get going next season. And so you will indeed be seeing a lot more of me uh, at future IMSA races, which is something I not only look forward to, but it's kind of my sweet spot, right? Uh, grew up in open wheel racing, yeah. worked in open wheel racing forever for the first half of my life. Um, IndyCar being uh, a massive part of that. But when I started this new media career of mine, uh, it all started in sports cars, and sports cars is a place that I had involvement in uh, back in the day as a mechanic and, and otherwise, but this is just something for me where there's there's been a sense of sadness, Graham, where yeah. the last couple of years, in particular with the passing of my former colleague Robin Miller, with Robin here in reporting on IndyCar, it allowed me to do about half the IndyCar races and then spend at least half, if not more, of my time covering American Le Mans Series, Grand Am, IMSA, etc. And with his passing, uh, I've needed to tip that balance far in the direction of IndyCar. And while I yep. love it, enjoy it, etc., there's been a true sense of loss that I haven't been in the place that really 
is what launched this career of mine and that I love so deeply. So I don't have an answer on what next year is going to look like (laughs) and how much of my time will be apportioned to sports cars versus open wheel. I know that I will need to balance the two, but I know that I'll be going to a lot more IMSA events next year, specifically as part of this initiative. And that makes me really, really happy. So uh, this is a 100% IMSA initiative. There's no other media outlet affiliation. The content being created, though, is meant to be shared, used, and is free for use by any and all outlets. Uh, But yeah, this is helping IMSA along with the amazing team. And I do mean that, the amazing team at CoForce. This is a joint, I guess, a a, uh, a three-party initiative to create something and get it rolling. And it's going to take a while to build momentum, right? Because this is new. This is something that hasn't existed before. Wouldn't expect it to be ragingly popular from the outset. Uh, but again, we're, we're taking formative steps and i cannot wait for where this is going to go and while we've been speaking already i have added uh one new video uh idea to my petite list and uh (laughs) uh, those things will uh, keep flowing from our collective brains just trying to bring folks inside the sport in a digital way through youtube uh the social media platform formerly known as twitter I don't know if I'm ever going to get accustomed to calling it X, which is weird it's to me, Twitter. but it's uh, X, Instagram, etc. So this is just meant to be the, hey, we all use these little pocket phone slash television internet things all day long. Let's make content for folks where they tend to spend most of their time. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun. And, uh, man, if we got to have you and the DSC crew, in the paddock on a more regular basis next year well then my mind is just set alight with more creative ideas well, so we're, we're we're working on it but i think the, the the key here is it's it's another sign of a major championship seeing the opportunities that are emerging at the moment with this really exciting new era and gripping that and, and is that you know what it's this, there's no doubt in my mind this is going to be popular and it's going to be successful but I do wish we saw a little bit more risk-taking. Uh, you know, just a pocket of budget here. See what works. If it doesn't work, move on, try something else. But don't be afraid that something you are convinced that is going to be successful and popular and useful uh, in driving those new audiences to watch or to attend, that's money well spent. That is money well spent. And, you know, as I said, the, the least two people that I spoke to in the paddock and the gentleman I spoke to at the airport had never been to a sports car race before. And I wasn't going looking for them. It just happened, you know, we're looking at the same thing at the same time and you bring up a conversation away you go. Uh, That the audience is there for for absolute certain. The audience is there and ready to be picked. So well done, mate. Um, Hey, good stuff from you and the team. We should, crack on? Yeah, we should dive into the flappy gums part. So we have an IMSA weekend to discuss. Yes. We have some other things to discuss as well. Why don't we crack open with this while well, we're using the phrase crack open a lot this episode? So I will acknowledge I plumb forget where the conversation started. 
whether it was an interview with Michael Andretti and or whomever or Wayne Taylor. I think it might have been Wayne Taylor at the uh, the little media scrums going on on Friday on the fourth floor of the yep. Indianapolis Motor Speedway Media Center. By the way, mate, tell me, I realize this is a audio format, so I'm kind of breaking the yep. rule you shouldn't about talking about visuals, but having never been to IMS before and having yes. been inside many media centers, yes. tell me what it was like having many hundreds of feet long, I don't know, 100 meters maybe, whatever it is, of glass overlooking the front straight at IMS from a media center. Where does that media center rate among the greats you've been in? It's right up there for three, four reasons. Four? Uh, first Holy thing crap. I'll say is four. The the internet works. Hey! Never underestimate that. There you go. Number one, the view is great and iconic. Amazing. Uh, catering, first class, <laughs> by the way, which is always a problem in a race uh, paddock, particularly when you're busy, which I was. But again, I'm going to come back more and say the primary reason that that facility stands out as being absolutely top of the tree world class was the people hmm. can't not, argue not that one, absolutely what a welcome um i've never been through those doors in the first uh, in the first place you walk to the desk there's a smile there's uh, you know a welcome uh one of the ladies whose names are i name my terrible barbara Susie, lauren uh yeah. amanda I, so many of when, when you speak folks. to them next find find out which of the ladies it was that decided that my nickname was poppet <laughs> <laughs> and uh just honestly i had a smile on my face every time i came through there and lovely people and that does make a difference you know it is i know that you know there's a lot of people listening to this that, that would love to have a tenth of the access that you and i get um it would be fair to say that the, the work of a jobbing journalist is more intense than I think a lot of people realize. And the small things can matter when you're just trying to focus and get through a job list. And just actually that tiny little bit of engaged humanity really makes a difference, really makes a difference. The smiling lady and gentleman, older lady and gentleman at the, uh, the door at the entrance to it oh. every time just just lovely people and you know oh my god if we could just translate that to everywhere else that we go for international sports car racing it is intensive we are all busy but it never stops people from actually a smile and a wave and a you know and a greeting and i had uh, all around a really very good experience of that and um the other thing by the way in popping for breakfast at a couple of uh, places in Speedway, Indiana, Indiana, which is the town, um, and people seeing that you're in kind of race with a race lanyard around your neck came and asked and uh, asked an opinion ab about how you were finding it, et cetera, et cetera. Every single person that I engaged with, whether or not it was local business people, whether or not there was one gentleman on Saturday morning uh, came into the coffee shop that uh, we're having breakfast in, uh, to get some cinnamon rolls, I think, for his grandchildren, came over and said hello and blah, blah, blah. Almost the first thing out of his uh, mouth were, you know, Mr. Penske and the the investment that's gone into this place has made such a huge difference. Um, you know what? My God, it's, it's nice to come back from a race meeting feeling as positive about that facility and the future of that package as those interactions have given me. It's 
you know, my peers in the press room, you know, some long-term friends in the media and PR in that room, the paddock, you know, the public, some of whom had come from far and wide, and more to the point, the local community, and everybody is positive about it. That's golden. That's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. If that's it really for special. Catherine Vatteoni on the WC side, actually, she's, <laughs> well, it on the WC side, actually, uh, I've only ever uh, found good folks. Uh, Catherine inserted into the Lamont press room and among the ACO folks. Uh, thank goodness yep. for Catherine, because without Catherine, I probably would have flown home the day after I got <laughs> there, but we'll leave that totally aside. Uh, but back to the, the point I was going to open, I think it was during that Friday scrum with every yep. driver within the Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti. And yep. I got clarification yep. from the team on this, Graham. Uh, this might be meaningless, but I know that we are loaded with Anorax, if not Anorax ourselves at times yep. uh, in sports car. Andretti Autosport has now undergone a name change to Andretti Global. I yes. asked the team's head of VP of communications, Ryan Weatherford. She's awesome. I said, okay, we've had this WTR with AA, Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti yep. Autosport. What do I call the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship team going forward? Is it Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Global? Is it, she said, nope. Actually, it's just Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti. So for those keeping score at home, that is what I've been told is the new slash revised name okay. of the GTP program. But I, I don't remember who Wayne said this to. It was to me, wasn't racer outlet, I believe. But regardless, wherever it came from, out of this with an outlet, I apologize for not giving proper attributions. Just truly, I don't remember where it came from. Wayne mentioned, or somebody mentioned, that there is meant to be a Formula One driver. Yeah. Part of their Rolex 24 driver rotation. They'll be running two Acura ARX 06s. Now, I've heard on pretty good account, and maybe this is already out there again. I don't know. But I've heard on pretty good account that that driver is Alex Albon williams Ooh. grand prix driver now Ooh. if it's someone else then i'm totally wrong but again at least for the things that you hear in as we always do graham we filter what we hear based on who we hear it from and whether they would yep. know or wouldn't and uh, i had one source in particular who i would say tends to be immaculate when it comes to their information so uh, it's not something I've heard from the team directly because I haven't asked. Okay. Uh, I can, and I'd probably be told and then threatened if I ever told anybody what it was. Uh, uh, Wayne <laughs> Taylor racing with Andretti drone strike would take me out. But yeah, that was a cool thing <laughs> to me. That was a, I was like, oh, well, I don't know Albon. And I can't say I'm a huge fan of many F1 drivers, but I seem to like that kid. So provided yep. that's accurate, that'd be pretty cool. So, uh, what else did you hear during the weekend that might be interesting before we get, get into the weekend well, itself? Say, by the way, that, that you, you were there at the, the start of the race, so the, uh, the grid, uh, the, the grid ceremonies and you saw what was billed as a fly past by a couple of black Hawk helicopters. Then if you noticed as they passed the press room, uh, they did have the Andretti global logo on them. And I think that was potentially a first strike but i don't think you were at desk at the time so you you, you dodged a bullet there i was hidden i was hidden yep 
Yep. So there you go. What else did we find out? Um, well, there are, how can we put this? There are going to be storylines emerging and emerging soon. Uh, that will be, I think, of significance uh, and positive significance. Um, we can do better than uh, that, Goodwin. Uh, Come on. Of course, well, there are going to be storylines emerging. What we, we absolutely know is that we're going to have the the 2024 IMSA full season entry list released at uh, Petit Le Mans. And indeed, one of the first videos you put up in that series was your chat uh, on track uh, with John Duna, the IMSA president, about just the level of interest that there has been. I can't overstate, MP, how significant a move I think that is. It means that by mid-October, we will know who the uh, the full season entry is in all of the four IMSA classes of the WeatherTech Championship for next season. There's lots of people, I know, scrambling to be, you know, in and part of that. I think I'm right. You could correct me that John told you that there's been 65 entries across full season and Michelin Le Mans Cup, that we expect the grids to be as full as they possibly can be for all of the significant four-class races for next season. I can't remember the phrase he used. I've been told that the phrase I attributed to him, which was grazing 60, was incorrect, but it was around that high 50s, mid-high 50s of cars across the four classes um, with what looks to be growth in every class, which is marvellous, absolutely marvellous. I think there's a there's a secondary um, story strand here, which is the success that appears to be being uh, enacted. It, we are losing a class. We're losing LMP3 next season. But the vast majority of the teams and the personalities involved in that class in the WeatherTech Championship will be back in some regard. We already know about AWA going to GTD with Corvettes. Uh, we know about Sean Creech Motorsport and Riley coming back in uh, LMP2. We now know that the Junior 3 organization uh, will be having something of a, uh, not a merger, but uh, a, a collaboration with United Autosports, bringing two cars to LMP2. And again, that's been a transition that's been pretty neatly managed. There will be some losers as well as winners there, but the reality is that IMSA have retained the vast majority of the high-quality uh, teams and organisations that have been present in a class that is disappearing. That's critically important, you know, that we don't have an outlook that is just focused purely and simply on the full pro aspects of these grids. Pro-Am will be around for a lot longer than the current golden age. And it is really important that IMSA and the ACO and LMEM and for that matter, SRO continue to nurture that part of the grid while we're celebrating this amazing period of growth at the top. I like the sound of that. What, uh, what should we jump into Mr. Goodwin on the mm -hmm. topic of battle on the bricks? Weather Tech Sports Car Championship. We also had the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series. We did. Rock on and into the dark. That was a bit of a oh, yeah. test and or I don't want to say evaluation, but it was a, a lesson gathering event on Saturday night, knowing that next year's six hour return of IMSA to Indianapolis is very yeah. likely to go into the dark. Um, 
Well, there's one thing you mentioned, Michelin Pilot Challenge. I just wanted to raise something here, which was a bit of a gathering of the clans across the codes that you're responsible for covering. And I was tapping away in the press room, and uh, there was a cheery greeting for you, two seats away, because the the desk that is permanently allocated to Robin sat between us. Uh, and um, there was the first two of what became obvious was a significant gathering of support for Robert Wickens mm. on the grid for Mission and Pilot Challenge. And I looked up and there was the the um, beaming smile of Marcus Erickson. Was it Jack Harvey was there as well? Yeah, uh, our our great friend that you don't know, but I'll refer to him as our great friend uh, and photographer for IndyCar, Joe Skabinski. Um, yeah. He got a great shot. Let me pull this up. I was just looking at it earlier on the good old Instagramage. Um Joe took a great shot on the grid uh, just before the race. And I know Rossi tweeted that one out saying, you know, yeah. we, we all show up for Robert. It was Marcus Erickson. Uh, it was Jack Harvey. It was yeah. indeed Alexander Rossi. Um, I'm struggling to find it at this exact moment. But yeah, you had a good four Rosen, or five. Was Felix Rosen, Chris, there? Um, didn't see him granted uh joe shot the photo from about waist up so felix was okay. there we might have just seen the top of his hair okay, um so danny young danny young Cadillo's in the shot yeah danny drove with robert in dtm so i know that danny was in the shot uh and let's have a quick look here you can do some iding for it i'm gonna just drop that photograph to you right now beautiful so yeah we indeed saw some uh some really good folks there but uh the the take-home message here robert wickens uh, about his loved beloved and everything else that involves love and respect uh this guy you know this guy permanently has our hearts <laughs> that's just what it is and he did before his accident because he's just so dang good also just class personified um yeah and then with everything he's fought back from and made happen in his life and career uh, since his crash. Um, just, yeah, Connor Daly's in that photo. I do see Felix, okay. Um, yes, he was uh, just tall enough to, uh, to be recognized in the photo, and uh, we might have a person or two in the back that are somewhat obscured. But, uh, look, th this was photos organized by another friend, Brian Simpson, who heads uh, the Dream Digital uh, Video and Social Media Support uh, business, founded, co-founded between himself and IndyCar yep. Double Champ and Indy 500 winner Joseph Newgarden. Uh, this photo was organized by good old Brian Simpson. But if you look at the fact that uh, six, seven, eight people all turned up just to give Robbie love before the start, leading the race, almost won TCR, wasn't happy uh with the treatment he received from the eventual winner in tcr felt that there's just a little bit too much of wanton contact made to yeah. dislodge robbie and his brian herta autosport hyundai uh from the lead but nonetheless th these are the things brother that you remember you say hey what what do you recall from the michelin pilot challenge race at indianapolis great racing of course if you happen to yep. see this photo you'll go yeah that's going to stick with wow. me as one of the major things. 
But beyond that, I mean, we had good racing, great race for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, great race uh, at periods for the Vimsa uh, with the Tech Sports Car Championship. Looks to me like Porsche Penske Motorsport are beginning to get the best out of that 963. Uh, that car all of a sudden looks a different beast than it did two, three months ago, MP. We saw it um, two weekends ago uh, in Fuji with the car going to the lead uh, and fending off the Totas in the hands of Lance Ventura. And we saw the two cars battling away with Pippa Durrani's wheel and Cadillac for long periods of time. And what was at times a slightly bad-tempered uh, affair. But um, all of a sudden looks like they've unlocked something. It doesn't look the kind of pendular, unwieldy beast that it did at the start of its racing career. And it's pretty clear that the big brains at Porsche Penske Motorsport are beginning to unlock the Rubicon. Real proof in that, Graham, will be verified or that will be proven to be a falsehood at Petit Le Mans. I know that Fuji is by no means a flat circuit. It certainly (laughs) has its high-speed, daunting, rolling uh, aspects as well. But Petit Le Mans is rougher, right? There's hardcore changes of direction there's excessive need to pound over curbing to extract maximum lap time throughout the lap it's here where i have one eye one eyebrow raised like the rock i have a a curious eyebrow raised as to whether what was witnessed at fuji what was witnessed here last weekend on the very flat very smooth uh not so much of a jarring circuit at indianapolis if indeed a more rough and tumble rolling facility like road atlanta will indeed play to the porsche 963's chassis needs aerodynamically car seems to be pretty darn solid but it's when the vehicle gets thrown into something where there's a lot of just call it rough running where you're not dealing with mostly flat tarmac where cars seem to struggle a bit sebring being a prime example of where at least on solo pace right qualifying even running alone in the race maybe wasn't the best for them we'll see this to me is the big thing i'm looking for Uh, on this subject we've already spoken about i've written about when it comes to unsettling circuits circuits that chuck the car around a lot porsche seems to have a bit of a suspension architecture liability petite graham will tell us whether that's going to give us the arc that is again i love stuff like this right where we're going to see in practice and in qualifying in particular that is going to tell us how far uh the porsche penske motorsport factory team and its customers now trying to use some of what they've learned how far they've come since sebring and if they are quick we can say wow they have truly made massive in-season gains Uh, and if we see that cadillacs bmws or acuras are running away a little bit uh lap by lap that will tell us that indeed this is still a big area they need to try and overcome with a homologated car 
is kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's an interesting point. And I think this is a point, MP, that we're going to be digging into increasingly. We put up something today, in fact, on Daily Sportscast. Stephen Kilby um, is en route to Spa uh, for the European Le Mans series. I will be following on in a couple of days' time for my TV duties there. But Stephen, following on from a story you wrote last uh, earlier in the summer with Peugeot and following on from uh, conversations about changes to the Porsche that will be coming uh, in due course, it does strike me that there's, there's, there's a story to be dug into about just exactly what we can expect for evolution for the LMTH and the LMH cars beyond what it is that we currently expect to see with the process. These are new cars. I think people, the, the, the teams behind them are understanding very quickly where the potential and the limitations of these packages are. And I think this is going to be a big talking point moving forward is just exactly what are these teams, what are these manufacturers permitted to do to these cars within the homologation that they have. Watch this space for that. I think that is going to, you know, to this point, we've all talked, haven't we, about balanced performance being the defining factor. And whether you agree or disagree with that, that's absolutely been part of the narrative. I don't think it's going to remain that way. I think what's going to, re- uh, going to be emerging here is a much wider conversation about what you are and are not permitted to do year on year about amending those cars, whether or not it's within the Joker process or beyond that. Uh, I think that's a big hashtag watch this space. Yeah. What else should we cover off here, brother? A um, couple of bits and pieces. Uh, the news uh, just before the weekend, in fact, as we, I think as I arrived at Indianapolis from Gustavo Menezes, that uh, he's been leaving Peugeot at the end of the 2023 season. Let me ask you a question. What's that about? Because I really wasn't following it. I know that I hope the kid would be quick like a bunny within that program. I don't know if I saw that fully established, but what's the deal here? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Number one, I don't think anybody's been particularly quick in that car um, to the point where we got, we we got to uh, Le Mans and that everybody was pretty quick in that car. So the car is coming on. I think Gus may have, suffered the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune by being at the wheel when he crashed is what it basically came down to. He crashed out. And when you're under the gun with a factory program, you're looking for ways in which to justify the progress that you need to make and the budget you need to apply to that. And unfortunately what that means, it is a very hostile environment and I suspect that Gus has been the first of what will be more casualties over the next couple of years there. Um, you know, we've already seen uh, that uh, Stoffel van Duren came in for um, uh, the injured Müller at um, Nico Müller at Fuji, and Müller will be back. I expect to see Stoffel in for a full season in 2024. There are people out there on the internet that have also noted that there's a junior development driver signed, Melty Jakobsen, huge talent, the young Danish driver. I do not expect to see Melter in a factory seat for the full season in 2024, uh, but it wouldn't be a remote surprise if by 2025 there are a number of people feeling his hot Danish breath on the back of their neck. 
um, as other seats are, you know, up for question. I think we are going to see other teams. We've talked already previously on the weekend sports cars about other potential changes in the IMSA paddock for uh, the coming season. With BMW, we certainly had that conversation about. Toyota again um, is being talked about with uh, the availability of Nick de Vries uh, after his misadventures in the Formula One paddock. Uh, he was very popular at Toyota Gazoo Racing uh, when he was there as their test and development driver. And, you know, again, I think there is potential for change being afoot there with Pachita Lopez being the man that's been regarded for some little time as being potentially maybe at risk here. Um, there's a lot up for grabs. At some point, some of these long-established names and faces will decide that uh, it's time for a change for them. Whether or not you see one change or two changes, uh, I think remains to be seen. My guess is it could be one for 2024 at Toyota. It might be another when you get into the 2025 season. So this hypercar scene is beginning to develop pretty rapidly. Uh, beyond that, um, other points of interest uh, and one very close to my home. And uh, I said we were uh, traveling to, to, together for a couple of reasons, but uh, talking to Ollie Gavin on the way in and on the way out of um, Indy and uh, the Asia Le Mans series, taking that risk to go back to Southeast Asia this year, in December, with a return to Sepang. They have announced 36 full-season cars. Uh, that risk has paid off at the moment. 10 LMP2 cars against a minimum. They needed six for an automatic uh, entry for the Le Mans 24 hours. And I know already some very interesting names on that list uh, to be filled out as the teams and the championship makes the... Uh, the announcements there. And one final bit of intel that came just as we prepared for the Indianapolis uh, Imsen Weekend MP um, is in LMGT3. Now, we've got GT3 cars in the GTD class of the Imsen WeatherTech Championship, of course, and Paul Miller Racing clinching mm. the uh, sprint title, I think it was, wasn't it, uh, th this past they weekend? They clinched it all, brother. Paul Did Miller they? Racing, you're brand new. 2023 Ooh. IMSA GT Daytona champions. I think well, the go, Michelin Endurance Cup Chalice that's where we're uh, Goblet. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the yeah. last one they're okay. pursuing. But yeah, they uh, they not only won the season long, clinched it one race early. Phenomenal. Set a new Fabulous. record, brother, for wins in a GTD season. Five. They were in with a shot yep. for six last weekend. They could again. Not, Who knows what happens at Petite? But yeah, they are crowned. And really, the, the big evolution to come out of Indianapolis is of the five categories, we've taken one off the board in terms of settling the championship. Yep. GTD done and dusted. Paul Miller Racing, congratulations to Mr. Miller himself. Mitchell runs the program. Are the those crazy wacky drivers in brian sellers and madison snow madison who just took he was already phenomenal but took things to an entirely different level this year but then we graham yep. we have two other categories so one of the five already settled two others are in a pretty amazing state where they were not clinched yes. at indianapolis but in gtd pro our pals yep. at vassar sullivan lexus ben barnicote Jack Hawksworth, the full season drivers, 
all they need to do is start Motul Petit yep. Le Mans in that Lexus RCF GT3. They are champs, and the same with Gar Robinson, and he's had a couple of co-drivers this year, but Gar Robinson will clinch in the uh, Riley slash Robinson Racing LMP3 program, will clinch as well. So three of the five, by the time that green flag waves and those cars in theory, cross the start-finish line to commence Petit Le Mans. Three of the five will be settled, leaving GTP. Brother, the top three are within five points of each other. Come on, oh, it's man! Amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, and P2 I mean, you know, as well was, is, 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 is yeah. a, a thrilling battle, too. So really, we're going to be looking to the top two prototype categories. That's going to be the show massive drama yeah oh, well but we saw last year didn't we the, the real drama at the end of particular moment, which always seems to dole out the real drama at the you know the, the end at the very end of the season and if we get a tenth of the the on-track action to match the the points drama uh that we got last year then it'll be st- it'll be absolutely worth watching and listening to i'll tip um, uh tip yeah. our hand a little bit uh, referring to Petit and the settling of one of those championships I mentioned. Uh, we filmed something last weekend, got in the can, we'll roll out race week at Petit. Uh, it's titled WTF. And I won't, give, I, I won't give you the meaning of this acronym. It's different than the one we, uh, we, we know it to be. But yeah, all, all triggered off of Petit. Uh, we have one particularly fun video uh, we're editing right now titled WTF. And uh, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. But Fabulous. Uh, the last bit of news really to, uh, to clarify is it moves again away from IMSA uh, and to the WEC as we move close to the determination of who's going to be on the grid for the World Championship in 2024. And in particular, uh, the questions, the three questions, how many hypercars, hyper how many LMGT3 cars, and how many in total. More pieces of the jigsaw coming together. There are, you know, by our reckoning, depending on how um, optimistic or pessimistic you are, we are still at a stage where the hypercar total could be anywhere between 16 and 22 for next season. Wow. Uh, with... If you, you know, reports are, you know, I've seen reports in both directions on some of those cars. Uh, my guess is it will be somewhere between the, the, those two totals. But then you get into LMGT3, and the big question there is which manufacturers are going to get the nod for two-car teams. And the one bit that we can add in now uh, with a degree of certainty is that the – because it will be the manufacturers that nominate their customer teams. We've already talked about in previous shows – Montai getting the nod controversially from uh, Porsche and some background about some of the reasons why that might be uh, doing the rounds at Indianapolis. Uh, but the other one we can now say with confidence is that McLaren will not, having had four teams that bid for that um, that opportunity, uh, and they will select United Autosports to be their nominee. So if McLaren get the nod, it will keep United Autosports in the FIA World Endurance Championship. Final thing, by the way, to say about uh, the FIA World Endurance Championship is about future programs in hypercar. Now, we've talked, uh, well, over and over again about manufacturers that may come. Well, let's, let's put right now a couple of names out there of programs that are 
still live. Skoda. McLaren. Oh, sorry. <laughs> McLaren. McLaren, no news yet on timing, but that is absolutely a live program waiting for a timeline to be assigned to it. A uh, couple of issues around the, uh, the how we put this, the health of the core McLaren automotive business. We've already seen public announcements of their, their uh, potential future powertrain woes being sorted. Uh, hearing good news is on the horizon in terms of the long-term funding packages for their McLaren certainly, I think, are closer now than they have been for some time to a commitment to a future LMDH uh, program. The other one, and it's one that you and I have talked about on the show before, uh, it's been routinely ignored by other media outlets, probably because we got to it first, um, and that's Aston Martin. And uh, I had a hilarious bit of feedback from a trusted source in the industry uh, that when our friends at uh, motorsport.com uh, went a sniffing around the potential of that program, being quite dismissive about the previous story run three months ago on Daily Sports Car, that this was a live program, uh, were given the information that, no, actually, that's completely accurate. Uh, so I'm completely delighted to say that everything seems to be in place with, with still some quite large barriers to be, uh, to be overcome, that uh, the Aston Martin Valkyrie uh, LMH program is just rolling along in the background nicely, um, albeit in an environment where it would appear that there's a fair number of people on the internet that can't read the words that are written on the screen. Uh, just those listening here, who tend to be the better informed and the, the more intelligent of these, these, these groups, at no point did that story say this was a privateer effort. At no point. It said a privately funded engine program. They are not the same thing. For clarity, and I'll say these words out loud, we are talking here about a full factory Aston Martin effort in the FI World Endurance Championship at a point to be determined with the Aston Martin Valkyrie, uh, a revival of the original program at the very start of the talks about LMH. Uh, I don't intend to write any more about it. I intend to talk about it on this podcast uh, as we get um, more information coming forward. But as my press room colleagues somewhat scramble to pick up uh, the pieces here, uh, I'm afraid that they're, sniff they're barking up the wrong tree, talking to Heart of Racing about them run running the programme. Wrong uh, avenue there. Sorry, mate. Um, and, you know, the the lack of confidence in the veracity of that story uh, is quite amusing. Should we say that, MP? Um, it's good to be first sometimes. It can't always be first, but it's good to be first on a story like that. We now wait to see whether or not that can be delivered. So, st still so many storylines, more coming out of uh, Indy, some of which we can't write yet, more coming this week. Um, uh, of significance across the world of motorsport. And, you know, you should be keeping a weather eye on the pages of racer.com and dailysportscar.com uh, for big stories still to come. And we've still got racing this weekend with the LMS. What? Tell folks about that and let's say goodbye afterwards. We will. Um, it is uh, Spa-Francorchamps and the penultimate race meeting, not the penultimate round for the European Le Mans series. And that's because of the uh, cancellation of Imola, which means we've got a double header 
at uh, Portimao to complete the season. But it's been, for many people, uh, a, a very unusual, maybe even unique, back-to-back-to-back WEC, IMSA and ELMS weekend uh, with, I think, three drivers doing all three. Uh, one of whom, Jimmy Bruni, will do all three for the same team, Proton Competition. Louis Delatraz is the second. I've completely forgotten uh, who the third was, so I'll, I'll rustle through that and uh, uh, before I finish my point here. It's always great racing. There's a stellar um, uh, lineup of LMP2 drivers in, in all of that. And, you know, I can't wait to get, uh, get uh, uh, my happy place with, you know, the, with a microphone in my hand in an ELMS race. It's, uh, it's, a, it's cracking stuff. It's Louis Delatraz. It's uh, Jimmy Bruni. And Ben Hanley, of course, is the other. And uh, Louis, by the way, and Ben, both of whom, racing in LMP2 on three consecutive weekends for three different teams. Uh, team WRT, Tower Motorsport and Racing Team Turkey for the Rapid Swiss and the Mancunian Ben Hanley, United Autosports, CrowdStrive Racing by uh, APR and this coming weekend for Nielsen Racing. Loads going on. There'll be plenty more to talk about next week, MP. Should we try and get a questions version together? We should. We absolutely... And you know what? If folks have enough questions we could even record later this week but worst case early next i have a little over a week home and then blast down to monterey for somewhere between four and five days for porsche ren sports seven that's gonna be fun yeah that's gonna be amazing our friend the amazing tom from porsche uh tom moore Yes, Tom Moore from Porsche's uh, floated an idea, and it, he beat me to it because it's kind of what I wanted to do. So, uh, pole, da- pole I, dancing? Already done that. Wasn't very okay, successful. Yeah. Still trying no. to get glitter uh, out from places that Ooh, we won't don't, discuss. Don't, but don't, 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 um, don't, don't. hope to have some pretty awesome video content for you there. Oh. That's by wow. and large all I will be doing. Uh, so, yeah. These these events are just ridiculous, and yeah. you always leave feeling like you failed to capture ninety percent <laughs> of what was there. So, uh, yeah, well, do, do say do say hi to to all my friends who come in there. I know, I know Andrew Skippy Hall is making his way across there too. So, what? You know, what? I'm sure what? Yeah, yes, he is. So, I'm sure you'll have fun with the, the Skipmeister General. Um, so he will be putting fabulous still images to your fabulous. Uh, moving images can't wait absolutely can't wait for what you can produce from that one mp it's time to say goodbye uh, after what has been i have to tell you an absolutely exhausting weekend uh you know i, I staggered in here uh fell asleep on the couch for two or three hours and uh to the baying of cats uh oscar the, the musical away this no oh. i wish that was the case certainly better than the film uh but uh but it's a couple of days of recovery and a little bit of catching up with writing and uh, and the various admin tasks before heading off to Spa. But for now, thanks to you, MP. Great company at the weekend in amongst the duties that you uh, were undertaking, Rimsa. If you are listening to this, please do look at the MC YouTube channel and their social media for some of the great content that MP was producing there. We will say thank you again to Cooper Tires, to the Justice Brothers, and to TorontoMotorsport.com. I've been Graham Goodwin. He's 
absolutely definitely Marshall Perrett. Saw him, confirm that's the eh, case. Maybe. This has been, <laughs> this been, has been a big weekend. sighting. Yes. Indeed. This has been the Week in Sports Cars, part of the Marshall Perrett podcast collection, and we will be back next week. <laughs>